Weekend mornings with Glenn Van Zutphen. Replay from Money FM 89.3. International News Review. Joining me in the studio for our international news review, Steve Oaken, the um, McClarty Associates uh, Man of the Year, Man of the Hour. Steve, great to see you in our new lobby studio. Great to be here. Great to see uh, this wonderful open studio. Well, hopefully we'll have an audience next time. <laughs> we do need a few people in here, don't we? Okay, Steve, It's a. Um, it's been a busy week. Uh, Steve Oaken, let's start with the U.S.-China trade accord that was uh, that was signed this week. Uh, give us the overview of what happened, and we're going to talk a little bit of, of course, what it means for ASEAN. Well, I think the main thing to talk about is what didn't happen, right? The trade war is still on. You see all these headlines about there's been a truce. That's not the case. The U.S. still has $370 billion worth of tariffs on China. China is still using its state-driven economy to dominate the key sectors or to try to dominate the key sectors of the 21st century. There's still a lot of battles over technology like Huawei. So we don't have a truce. The trade war is on. We do have a pause in escalations, and so that's a good thing. Um, But what we really have is Donald Trump saying, I'm not going to put new tariffs on. I'm going to reduce by a very small amount some of the existing tariffs. And President Xi is saying, and I'm going to buy $200 billion worth of goods from you, uh, and I'm going to open up my market, but I'm going to open up my market where it helps me, not Mm. just where it helps you. So that's where we are. Steve, we've often looked at this trade war as uh, somebody's going to win, somebody's going to lose um, moment for either of the two countries. Is there a clear winner or loser in this at this phase one juncture? Well, to get to an agreement, you had to have a win-win. Look, President Xi was not going to assign an agreement where he didn't get anything, and certainly President Trump wasn't going to do the same. So there was a win-win. It was a win for the United States because China agreed to purchases, uh, especially in the ag sector. And remember, those voters are very important to Donald Trump. The U.S. also won because it didn't put on new tariffs that President Trump had threatened to do, such as on iPhones, which would have really hurt U.S. consumers. So President Trump, you know, prevented known goal in a way. China wins because it gets some of the existing tariffs reduced. It stops new tariffs from coming on. And to the extent it opened up its economy, it is going to help China. Mm. China has a lot of IP to protect right now. It made it, it might not have 10 years ago. So this is good for Chinese businesses as well as foreign businesses. So yeah. it is a win-win. Okay. When we look across Southeast Asia, we bring it more closely uh, to Singapore. This was a this trade war has been a huge drag on economies across the region impacting GDP, etc. Singapore uh, also uh, was among those countries that really felt, especially midway through the year, last year or so. Is this, we saw the markets, you know, buoyed by this news somewhat. Is it going to be a, a winner for ASEAN countries and for markets across the region? Well, it, it's going to be a winner for ASEAN countries in certain ways. If you kind of think about manufacturing in China right now, you can kind of put it into three buckets. There's those companies that manufacture in China for export to the world. There's those companies that manufacture in China for the Chinese domestic economy. And then there's some that do a bit of both. The companies that are manufacturing for China in China, they're not going anywhere. China is not an option for a lot of businesses. It's essential. It's the largest market in the world for some. They're going to stay in China no matter what Trump does on tariffs. Mm. However, those that manufacture in China for export, 
they have to get out of China for two reasons. One, costs are going up, mm-hmm. right? Costs of labor are going up in China, and the tariffs are hurting them. So where are you going to go if you're not going to manufacture in China? Vietnam is a good option. Right. Thailand's a good option. Malaysia and Indonesia are options in well. So Southeast Asia is going to win, but it's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest things that Southeast Asia lacks is human capital. Not only who is going to work in the factories, who are going to be the managers, who are, mm. who's going to be in charge of HR. Those are, those are things that these economies don't have that China does have. So there are winners in Southeast Asia. Um, it's going to win when the trade increases globally, and it's going to win by, by drawing out some of that manufacturing. How will this play into to RCEP and some of the other regional trade uh, groupings that are now happening? Uh, will this deal, this phase one deal or subsequent deals, impact any of those? Well, I mean, what this deal shows is that the U.S. still believes under President Trump in a bilateral trading agreement, not multilateralism. The U.S. believes in using tariffs to get what it wants. That's not what every country wants to see. So this is going to continue to see a movement to multilateralism of countries coming together without the United States. So you see ASEAN plus five, India dropped out, right? So it's ASEAN plus Japan, Korea, China, Australia, New Zealand signing a a free trade agreement, the Mm -hmm. regional comprehensive economic partnership. Mm -hmm. You see the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, going forward without the U.S. There's now news that Thailand might come in. Korea wants to come in. Philippines wants to come in. So the U.S. is going to be on the outside. Unless China really reforms, Mm -hmm. it is going to be on the outside, and you're going to find countries coming together to move forwards without the two giants. Yeah, and and some of the um, you know the potential winners. Well, let, let's let me just back up. Uh, China's growth was uh, was announced at about six point one percent for last year, which was in line between six and six point five. So, when one of the big issues for this trade phase one was that Xi Jinping really needed a win at home. Uh, but when you look at the actual numbers of his economy, his economy is actually doing pretty well, uh, not blistering paces that it, that it was at one point. Did he need to give as much as he gave uh, for his domestic concerns? Well, and the question is, is the Chinese economy really growing at the numbers they say it is? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> this deal indicates it might not be. Okay. Because yep. President Xi, as I say, we needed a win-win. I expected to see more of a rollback of the existing tariffs, right? The U.S. has $370 billion in tariffs. $250 billion remain unchanged. $120 billion go from a 15% tariff rating down to a 75 Those were cut in half. So the U.S. did not give a lot. So that seemed to indicate mm. that... President Xi needed this economic relief. He really needed those new tariffs to not go into place. And so that was his win because his economy probably is not doing as well as the state numbers that as come out numbers. of China indicate. Have you, based on the people you've talked with, um, uh, you know, we were both just in Hong Kong last week, anybody giving any indication of what they think the real number might be if, in fact, it isn't 6.1% growth for the mainland? Oh, it, it, I mean, the numbers you hear are, you know, five, and the the more China pessimists are below that when mm. you start to factor in all the non-performing loans. But that's the problem with the Chinese system is that there's not that type of transparency. So as an investor, as a business, it's harder to make decisions on China um, than it is in, in markets that are much more transparent. Yeah. What are you hearing now about U.S. companies uh, that are trying to that are either based in China or trying to do business uh, into China? Are they feeling 
more comfortable or more optimistic now that this phase one has been done? Well, they're, they're, everybody's happy it's not going to get worse, but nobody, <laughs> right, nobody is got rose-collared glasses that we're going to go back to where we were the, the time before. Tariffs are going to be here for a while. Tensions are going to be here for a while. Like, like The only thing Democrats and Republicans seem to agree upon in the United States is to get tough on China. <laughs> where businesses are optimistic in right. Southeast Asia uh, is that hopefully we're going to see the reforms that we need to see in a country like Indonesia. Mm. Now that President Jokowi has a second term, is he going to put forward the reforms on an opening up of the Indonesian economy when it comes to tax reform, when it comes to opening up on FDI, when it comes to being more transparent? That is going to drive much more business as Mm. to whether or not the U.S.-China trade war goes on or not. Mm. When you look forward and when you're talking to your clients uh, around the region, is there any sense of of the delicate uh, wordplay w- between the U.S. and and many of its uh, partners over the over these, uh, especially these last few years. For example, saying one thing but then turning around in a short time later and doing something else. So the fact that this has been signed, is there a chance that one side or the other? I'm not saying who could renege on it or could ramp up other forms of pressure if they if they needed to for, let's say, political purposes? Well, look, the U.S. has very little faith that China lives up to its commitments because over the years, the U.S. has seen that China does not live up to its commitments, either in letter or in spirit, when it comes to the market reforms that you know were envisioned under the WTO, or President Xi living up to his commitments to President Obama to stop cyber theft. Mm. And so that's why I don't think there's any chance of seeing a phase two agreement before the next presidential election. It is going to take time for the U.S. to get confidence that China is going to live up to its commitments in this agreement, not just on the purchases, but also in the opening up for the financial services sector into China, uh, in better protecting IPR in China. So there is not a lot of trust from the United States towards China. And that is going to have to be built up over time it's not going to change overnight based on what we've seen uh, this this week this was a this was a good week for the president it was a good week for the president in that he continued to sign that trade deal for China. He is going to get the USMCA, right? The update to NAFTA between the US, Mexico, and Canada. That's now passed the Senate. He is going to sign that. Mm-hmm. Um, his impeachment starting, his impeachment trial starting, maybe not such a good week uh, on that front. But that's always the case with Trump. He's, he's, he plays to his base. His base is going to see this as a very positive week. Those who oppose him are going to see this as is a very negative week, um, and that small sliver in the middle where the 2020 campaign is going to be fought out probably sees this as a mixed bag uh, as they have for the past you know, three years of his presidency. All right. Steve Oaken, Senior Advisor at McClarty Associates, uh, thanks so much for being with us on Weekend Mornings. My pleasure, Glenn. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.